2: Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you tuning us in and turning us on. I love this. I love about uh, what I get to do each and every day. And, you know, I, and, and the reason I love to do this is, uh, you know, in the wake of the headlines that all of us are reading and how our hearts go out. Last week, you heard me talk about Orlando, um, having my folks that live in, lived in Florida and so forth. But, you know, today, again, what this show has been about for 13 plus years now, our 14th year, is, is about how do we live an amazingly uh, brilliant life? How do we live to thrive? And then what is it that we can do to share that message with people all over the world and invite all of you to step into that in that forum? you know, to the forum of life that will enable all of us to share our inspiration, our stories, when what that comes to mean, you don't really know, you know, one day, um, we may be talking with the uh, with someone our amazing guest uh, about, listen, this is this is one of the most important messages we can have today. And then two days later, I get an email from someone in Belize, or uh, I get an email from from somebody in Egypt, and here we are because this is the way the digital world is connected today. So while we may be reading headlines, we're also plugging in to an energy and a vibration that would dare all of us to dream. You know, today I am thrilled and honored to have Diana Nyatt joining me here on the show today. If you don't know, if you don't know who Diana is, you know, let, let's just talk a little bit about her. Maverick is an understatement when I think about and I look at, um, uh, you know, what she has accomplished. She is actually a world's greatest long distance swimmer. And I want to say this about this is I actually have swimmer envy. Because I am a girl from the Bronx, and the, the the furthest that I've been able to, and I love the water, so this is really a little paradox for me. The furthest I've ever been able to swim, especially my early years, was how far opening up the fire hydrant in the Bronx could push me. Uh, but today, I will get myself out into the water. There's something about it that's amazing to me. But who is this woman that, at at age 64, September 2nd, 2013, 64, we watched this. You know, we watched her emerge um, onto the sands, Key West, after swimming. One of my favorite numbers, I love this number, being born on the 11th, 111 miles. How did that happen? What was it about her that pulled her forward? What was it about her life that helped transform an event into an epic experience that we now get to talk about. And when we look at what that meant to have that amazing swim, stroke after stroke, what is it that we can learn today? And how can each of us, millions of us, cheering, cheering this maverick, I love that, cheering her on, what can each of us learn from that? How did she inspire us? Well, I'll tell you about how she inspired me. Right about the same time, you know, I was looking at my life. I was looking at, you know, this idea of launching a network now that we're two months away from that has 10 channels all dedicated to positive talk. And someone turned around to me and said, actually, one of my friends said to me, dude, you're like, really? Aren't you too old for that? Shouldn't you be retiring? you know, aren't you being looking at a pension and, you know, shouldn't you be looking at like, okay, how are you going to be able to like sit back and relax? Well, I'm not going to answer that question today, but I'll tell you that the answer came after what Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to a fabulous book that she's written. It it is Find a Way, the inspiring story of one woman's pursuit of a lifelong dream. And I, I think that for some of us, it is not our journey to go quietly into the night. Diana, it's welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Pat, it's my honor and privilege. I thank you so much. And um, I love a number of the things. You know, your whole vision is about positivity. And you're right. We pick up the newspaper proverbially every day. And um, we hear the horrors. And we are living in tough times. But on the other hand, there are lots of people like you who want to live a good life, who are aware that we are all, no matter what your religious beliefs are, we are all on a one-way street. You never get to do this day over again. And frankly, my thing isn't even about swimming. My thing isn't even about sports, really. It's about getting to the end of every day and getting to the end of this life and looking back and saying, I have no regrets. I could not, it's not that I succeed all the time. It's not about success. But I can say at the end of every day, there's nothing more I could have given to that day. And, um, you know, yeah. what, what a great way to go through life. And there are people like you and me out there who feel it, who want to get there, and they want positivity in their lives, too. So um, congratulations for the work you do.
2: Thank you. I got to tell you, it was your swim What that helped me say, nah, retirement, that ain't me. I'm a girl from the Bronx. Yeah, I can't even even fathom that. By the way, you know, in 69, I'm burning my bra at Atlantic City. So, you know, part of this is really having a message. And I want to ask you about this question. You know, along the way, before you literally got into the water for that, that particular swim, I'm sure you faced some naysayers. And I am so curious. I know you talk about this in the book. You know, what was it that went on side of you? in the face of a naysayer, in the face of somebody saying, maybe you shouldn't do that, Diana, you know, what makes you think you could, what was going on inside, inside of you in the gut?
1: Oh, you know, I, I I don't really uh, have too much, um, you know, of an open ear uh, to other people's uh, definitions of what I'm capable of. I, I, you know, I know that there was a, you could call it an empirical community out there that had, already tried this swim who had looked at it carefully had studied it many on my own team john bartlett the navigator who's virtually a mathematical genius said after we failed the fourth time that it just can't be done it'll never be done and um i uh you know i have to respect people you have people on your team who have a lot of knowledge and so you know you you've got to be You know, you've got to take that in and and make sure that you, you know, look into every aspect of the endeavor. But that has nothing to do with, you know, let's take it to a broader aspect. I guess if we took the metrics of uh, the healthcare business and we tried to look at what they consider is possible and right uh, for the potential of a 64-year-old, they would probably, you know, uh, come up with all kinds of equations that said, well, a 64 year old cannot, should not, and will never do anything of this epic magnitude. It's just, it's just not possible. You've got to be younger and more vital and whatnot. And I, I just, uh, I'm, as I said, I my that, those kind of th- things don't even pass my ears. I, I'm not, um, I'm not unrealistic. You got to get real. You got to get real in the world of sports. You can't be a, you know, a, a day day tripping dreamer. That's different from a real dreamer. You, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to get real with what's, what's out there and what's within you. But I just don't have a lot of respect for um, limitations. Who's going to tell me what the limitation of the human spirit is? Nobody has an equation, you know, to to, to tell us that your will you cannot overcome absolutely anything on this earth. So I, I just, um you know, I don't wake up, you know, thinking today I'm 66. <laughs> I finished to swim at sixty four. I don't wake up saying, "Oh, now wait a second, you're sixty six. You better take that into account." I wake up feeling the way I feel, which is wide awake, ready to grab the tiger by the tail and swing it above my head. But I don't pretend to be twenty five. You know, I don't pretend to be forty five. I am sixty six, and uh, there, there wasn't. I, I don't think naysayer is the right word. I think that there were some respectful. Um, empirically minded people who had really uh, done a measurement of what this swim would take and the variables are too many there are too many that you can't get them together on one three to four day period that a swimmer needs and uh it was their right to say it's just it's not only not going to be done by you it's never going to be done by anybody <laughs> of any era uh you know and of, of any gender of any age and uh, my answer is well you you know you have your thoughts and uh that doesn't affect me it doesn't it doesn't make me um i think it's immature you know frankly i don't think it gets people many places when you say oh really i'll show <laughs> you oh you 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 left the team and you don't think it could be done i you're the one i want to come back to when this is over and point in your face and say you see i told you so i i that, that's just not part of my fabric i think that's a waste of time um i just uh i, I me saying i, I you know I, I is a negative word i i don't yeah. pay attention to much to that. Yeah,
2: I agree with you completely. I was actually putting it kindly since we're on AM FM radio here. I was kind of putting it kindly, but I'm kind of like you, you know, I, it, but it doesn't really stop, you know, that that collective consciousness to really do. And I love what you said about this. And we're going to talk about this when we come back from break. You know, I get to show up here today because behind the scenes that you maybe you don't know, but you know, your folks have met Linda, of course, that's why you and I are speaking. There is an amazing team of People and like you in 2013, people were telling me, Pat, you want to create something that no radio network or TV network has ever done. And I thought, wow, I'm up for that challenge. And hence, we're two months away from that thing, just like for you, you know, the technology and looking at it. What are the statistics? What is the empirical data and putting it all together? And here you and I are today. When we come back, we're going to talk about the three things that showed up when all was said and done. Number three, then number two, then number one. Number three, it looks like a solitary sport, but it's a team. We'll be right back with the show.
0: My play, The United States of China, is about the trial of Miriam Hopkins, who is a metaphor for all that America stands for. It's the year 2018. America has become the United States of China. We've owed China trillions of dollars. We cannot pay, but consequently, we default. How long do you think it will take this financial empire? To crash and crumble. Just like that.
2: This is more than a play experience. It's a movement. A movement to create awareness and empower people to be in action. We are strong together. We will always prevail. Get your tickets today at americathestrong.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tuning us in, turning us on. And I'm so thrilled to have Diane and I joining me here today. The book is fabulous. You know, we get to really take the journey with her as she goes through everything from heartache uh, to perseverance uh, to really looking at the unexpected, as I think she puts it in the book. You know, today for all of us, we get to chat with her about The journey, the preparation, uh, and the celebration, of course, and what this means for each of us, how we, too, can embark on this absolutely phenomenal story, and what is it about us that wants us to give up on our dreams? What do we do in the face of that? How do we take our lives when we're faced with big, big challenges, and look them right in the eye. Diana, thank you for joining us here today. Um, uh, you know, I know you're very, very busy. You've got a lot of conversations that you're, you're getting ready to, to have. You know, one of the things in the book that you talk about is uh, unprepared for the unexpected. And I wanted to talk about that for a little bit uh, because we don't really think about this idea of the unexpected so often, you know, maybe sometimes we keep focused on the notion of things just happening according to plan and we plan, plan, plan. I, I wanted to ask you about this, uh, to chat about this idea of the unexpected and, and, and what in fact happened around that for you.
1: Well, I, I suppose, you know, it's. Uh, people have said it very eloquently, but it, it's easy. If you know exactly, even if it's tough, if you know exactly what's around the bend and you're absolutely prepared for it, then you're, you know, you're in control. But when you get the call um, that they found cancer, when you, you know, are called into the, the boss's office and you're going to have 15 minutes to pack your desk because they're doing some downsizing and they decided it was better not to let everybody know way ahead of time, would have ruined uh Morale, and all of a sudden, you're going to have to go home and realize that in one month, uh, no paychecks coming in for you and your family. If you've been sent over to Iraq, and uh, you're a tough young kid and you're ready, you know, to do your part and you're trained, and you come back with your leg blown off, um, where where do people find the courage? Where do they find the resolve to to face these? you know, unexpected would be, I guess, you know, an understatement in these cases that I'm bringing up. But those are the people I admire. I became friends with Christopher Reeve. Here's this, you know, one of the handsomest men on the planet. He's got the tiger by the tail. He's, you know, living a great acting career. He's a philanthropist. He's got, you know, beautiful children, wonderful marriage, all kinds of friends. And in a heartbeat, Falls from his horse, and he was a great horseman, you know, always had confidence, he was a good athlete, but never, ever imagined, you know, what happened. And in that heartbeat, became a quadriplegic. So he could have ended his life. He did consider it, actually. But he decided that he had the power as a public figure to perhaps bring some light to the subject of stem cell research. He said to his wife, frankly... I'd rather go. I don't want to live like this, but I'm going to. And he lived for 11 years in a in a how can I say it? Um very very um disheartening uncomfortable place, but he decided to figure out what it was he had. What did he have instead of all oh, the mountain of things he didn't have anymore. And how could I admire anybody more than that? So I could talk about, yeah, you know, we didn't know the box jellyfish. We're a very smart group, but that box jellyfish has now migrated from southern oceans. It's the most potent venom on earth. Uh, There is is nothing that will kill as instantaneously in the animal world as the box jellyfish. I am lucky I lived through it. I should have died that night, wrapped up in a swarm of tentacles. Usually 90% of the time when that box jellyfish tentacle touches the human skin you are dead instantaneously so i could say oh we didn't know the 65 mile an hour winds were going to come up it's an unpredictable passage of water we didn't know the box jellyfish we didn't know i'd get asthma from taking that particular drug but you know compared to christopher reeve (laughs) those unexpected weren't um you know weren't too deep were they
2: No, no. And what a great reflection, though, on the courage and, you know, how we look at things that happen in our lives, which many people on the, you know, on the outside would say that's disastrous. You know, you should have hung up your literally should you should have hung up your paddles at that point in time. And I love that you pointed that out because, yeah. Uh, Many of us have gone through pretty much everything you just described right there. Uh, Those of us that understand what it's like to lose a job after X amount of years, my case, 24 and a half, uh, and then also start to live your dream and come down with the mystery disease. There's something that gets us up in the morning that keeps us going. What is that? What is it that gets you up in the morning to keep you going?
1: Yeah, you know, first of all, they're, they're, you're, you're bringing up so much here that's profound. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one thing is to answer that question kind of a, in, in, in two ways. One is the big general way. I've been very lucky in my life in terms mm-hmm. of many things. But one is I've traveled the globe. Sometimes I can sit with a globe on my lap. And, um, yeah, I can find a few places I haven't been, but honestly, not many. Been to the interior rainforest of Borneo, been swimming with whales, in Antarctica, you know, I could name it. And I find that people all the world around have courage and have the desire to do the right thing for their community. They have um, the pluck, you know, to to not just sit in their hut or their door and lock the door, but they're out helping their community. Look at the people in Orlando who stood in line to give blood. That was so um, moving. Yeah. To yeah. See that community rise up. So I feel the human, the human race, has that kind of desire to do the right thing and to to find their best selves. Even though we read about ISIS every day, that's a very small group of um, despicable people. But most of us have good in us, and we find the pluck to live it out. I don't know why, Pat, but I. At a very young age, I mean, I'm talking about in single digits at ages yeah. eight and nine. Yeah. I had a sense that this life is going by very quickly. I had a sense of pressure. Now, you know, most eight year olds can't even imagine being nine. But for some reason, I had a feeling very early on that, that, that I wasn't going to get to do any of my days over again. That I, I was, I was heading toward, oh my God. Uh, What if I only had 70 years to live? I better get busy. So we can't do everything we want to do. We can't help all the people we'd like to help. It is a fleeting experience, this life on Earth. But um, I tell you, the one thing, you know, that's why I gravitated toward that brilliant Mary Oliver poem, The Summer's Day, and her last two rhetorical lines, uh, which is what I was reading over and over again when I turned 60, which is what brought me back to the quest of the Cuba swim, those lines go, tell me, what is it you're doing with this one wild and precious life of yours? Well, I had that feeling, even as a kid, like don't waste it, don't sit around and idly let it all kind of unconsciously slip by. You might do the wrong thing. You're not going to be successful all the time. That's a given. But at least if you get up And embrace and engage yourself, your own dreams, your community, everybody around you, your family, the world at large. You know, let's not ruin this planet. Let's all get up and do the right thing. Um, Now you feel alive. And now you get to the end of your life, I guess, which is my goal, and say, yeah, yeah, I wished I could have done more. But you know what? I have no regrets. Yeah.
2: You know, I I was uh, looking at a number of different things about the events leading up to the swim for you, Diana. And, you know, one of the things that we hear from people that have gone through reading all the books, watching the movie The Secret, is this idea that we put something out in the universe and we wait for it to happen. But sometimes we actually have to take action. And I was reading about the action that you took uh, to get the approval, shall I call it approval, to actually do the swim. Uh, and you kind of step back and say, let the political system go. There's nobody for me to call. There's nothing for me to do. But that is not how that happened. And, you know, for you, you became, uh, you know, sort of the person that said, listen, I'm going to have to do something. And hey, Let's try to contact Secretary Clinton. And, you know, so let's talk about that a little bit, because you literally had to take action to make this happen. People sometimes think, well, wait a minute. I have put it out in the universe. There's nothing else for me
1: to do. Well, you know, I I, I don't have any debate over people and their philosophies of life, you know, their religion, their worldviews, everybody's your life. Everyone's allowed to choose what they want. I'm not going to debate. I'm an atheist. Um, I have many friends who are devout Jews and Christians and Buddhists and (laughs) and Muslims, and I don't debate with any of them. Is there a God? Isn't there? Is it your God? Is it your God? Um, None of it. But one thing I must say I do rail against, and that is the concept of it was all just meant to happen. I think that, you know, that can become the uh, du jour sort of phrase. (laughs) If it's true, if it was all meant to happen... Then none of us would have any desire to change our lives. We wouldn't have any hope. We would just say, well, I'm just going to kind of get on a conveyor belt and let, you know, let the universe. Now, that doesn't mean. Yeah, I'd still be homeless, by the
2: way. I'd still be homeless in New York City if that were the
1: case. Yeah, there you go. Well, (laughs) you know, it doesn't mean that you can't have grace in the face of the powerful universe, you know. I I don't have the strength to turn back the tide, Mm. uh, so I've got to read the tide charts. I've got to work with the universe. It's it's bigger and more powerful than I am, that's for sure. But, um, you know, of of course, with the Hillary Clinton thing and, you know, how about the training? What if I sat around and said, oh, well, you know, I know what it's going to take. I know it's going to take long, grueling, many, many, many hours and days of going out uh, and, and putting my head down and suffering through, you know, the, the, the difficult, the discipline of this sport. Um, but what if I sat back and said, well, you know, I don't really want to put in that kind of time. I'll do, I I can do it anyway. You know, if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. I'll just go, no, I have to stand on that shore in Havana and say to my team, who's given a lot, they didn't get paid a cent and they all, you know, for the love of adventure, the love of friendship, the, the desire to make history, they gave up their lives for years for this quest. And, and I had to say to them, look, something might happen out there. You know, winds and jellyfish and sharks and currents and eddies and, you know, bad luck and all kinds of things might happen. But you can trust me, I didn't leave any stone unturned. And so, you know, I could say the same thing about the Hillary Clintons. No white knight was riding through our camp to give us those visas to get over. We were not getting permission to go to Cuba. So what am I going to do, just kind of lie around and eat bonbons and hope (laughs) that it's going to happen? No, no.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when I think about the so many things that folks could read in this book, and I just want to mention everyone, you know, uh, I am so thrilled uh, and honored to have Diana and I joining me here today. Find a way. I love this. Find a way. And, you know, when we think about what that means, so many things that we can point to that Diana shares with us in the book. But one of them so most important to me today I'd love to talk about when we come back. And that is about our dreams. What is it that you've said, oh man, I'm not going to chase that dream? I'm way too old to chase that dream. I'm never going to accomplish what I want. When we come back, we're going to talk with Diana about what that has come to mean for her and for the countless folks out there today that are reading this book. And if you haven't read it, I'm going to tell you when we come back how you can read about it and find out more about diana but for those of you out there are you on the fence have you thought about stepping away from a dream that you've always had stay tuned we'll be right back shine on radio find your shine with kelly is the show that celebrates what makes you you join co-host kelly wadler and dr pat Basilli as they break down how to brilliantly fuel and move your body and love what makes you shine kelly is a professional arts and wellness coach dedicated to helping brilliant women find their confidence energy self-love and shine tune in to shine on radio with kelly and find your shine on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine. Are you driven by your victimized inner child? Does your child scream at the possibility of the unknown? Remember, your child couldn't drive a car, go to the grocery store, say no, control her time, or make money. Panic surfaces when we empower ourselves, start something new, or just say no. That child doesn't know the big you can take care of yourself. Rather than fight, embrace her. Let him know you can take care of him. This is a big part of healing for many of us. Need help? Visit lesliefontaine.com and let's talk about unfolding all that you want to be, do, and have. There are individual sessions, classes, and audio products to help remove the blocks and move you into your potential. And listen to my show, Share Alchemy, on Transformation Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 10 Pacific, 1 Eastern.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is so great to be having all of you tune us in and turn us on. I just want to say for those of you out there, if you've missed any part of the conversation uh, today with Diana Nyad, world champion swimmer, sports broadcaster, speaker, author of this fabulous book, Find a Way. This is a must read, by the way. This is a great book. Um, And you're hearing today on the show why it is. Uh, You can find out more about us at Transformation Talk Radio, the Dr. Pat Show, transformationradio.fm. And again, if you've missed any part of this, it will replay again tonight. And certainly, uh, those of you that are a speaker, iTunes listeners, you can definitely, iHeart listeners, you could download the show later on today. Diana, before we jump back into this, what is the best way for people to find out more about you? And certainly, to get a copy of the book?
1: Well, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to be in the modern world. So I guess Facebook is the way, you know, I'm I'm Twitter, Facebook, at Diana Nyad. (laughs) My my website is DianaNyad.com. And I think um, you know, most people buy their books on Am- Am- Amazon, don't they? I mean, that's, that's where you can find it yeah. easily. But, but it's on my site as well. There's a bunch of blurbs about it. Thank you.
2: Awesome. And for those of you out there, uh, for sure, what we would love to be able to do is we're going to give a copy of the book away later on in the show. That's what we do. We have a pay it forward program. We've always done it for now 14 years. That's the vibe we want to give here. Uh, Diana, I am so thrilled to be with you today. And You know, before the break, I was saying, listen. You know, we touched upon this earlier about this idea, you're never too old to chase your dreams. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying everybody kind of feels this way, but, you know, we look at, wow, look at what you have accomplished. And most people would say, where do we go from here? And that's why I wanted to talk about this. Because, you know, there is in the minds of some, I'm not saying everybody, a beginning and an end. But I don't get the sense that's what you're made of. And so I want to talk with you a little bit about this idea of never too old, but what is it now that happens for the future vision of Diana Nyad, right? And let's talk about that. You had a big dream. You met your dream. It came to realization. And then here we are today. Let's talk about, okay, are we done,
1: Diana? I suppose it would be hard for me to find something as extreme, you know, something that would challenge the spirit and pump the adrenaline as much as that Cuba swim. I mean, that's how impossible that star seemed, you know. Uh, so, you know, will I ever feel that that extreme range of motions again in pursuing something so, so? Arduous, something that took such long-term vision. I mean, literally, that was a 35-year pursuit. So you know, clearly, unless I'm going to be living to 120, uh, I'm probably not going to be involved in, in that kind of epic, you know, venture again. On the other hand, there are a lot of people that I, whom I admire, and you know, Steve Jobs was one, and he clearly said, well, you achieve your dream, you invent something you know, mystical, magical, you know, uh, world-changing like the iPhone. He said, I I want to celebrate it. I hold it in my hand, and I'm in awe of what my team and I created. But I can't just sit around now on my laurels. I can't just, you know, go to to the rest of my life holding this iPhone in my hand saying, you did it. You did it. I got to move on. So – I got to thinking after Cuba was over, and frankly, my life's been a bit of a tsunami since then. I'm in a very lucky stage of life where I'm out hopefully inspiring people with speaking in the book and the the Hollywood version of my life is coming. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about that? Um, But I also am thinking about that was my private dream. I absolutely, as does Bonnie, my best friend and head handler, believe in the the strength of life through the physical body. When you get yourself in shape, when you feel well, when you get out and walk after dinner, all of a sudden your endorphins are flowing. You're not sitting, sitting, sitting. What do we say now? Sitting is the new smoking. That's the new phrase. So Bonnie and I are launching this year an initiative called EverWalk. And Pat, we would would love it if you would come up front and walk those first few miles with us. But what we're going to do I'd love to. All right, right on. I'm going to get you involved. Please get me involved
2: because I'm not going to take up your time today to explain why this is important, but I was looking at a wheelchair in 2008. No way. I am going to support the heck out of this for you because, listen, we can do things in our lives that other people say are not possible, okay?
1: Well, I, you know, I want to hear that personal history of yours, and, uh, and I think that a lot of people will be able to take heart from that. Uh, mm-hmm. But what we're going to do is we're going to walk the great outdoor corridors of America. We're going to start this year with L.A. to San Diego. Then we're going to walk next year Philly to D.C., Chicago to Minneapolis, and Boston to New York City. The next year we're going to go Portland to Seattle, and we're going to go Dallas to New Orleans and we're going to go Atlanta (laughs) to Miami. And and a lot of people don't have the time to walk that whole way or the ability to walk the whole way. They can walk one mile if they want and just be part of it. But the point is we're going to do these epic walks. We're going to get away from our screens. We're going to be in the beautiful outdoors. We are going to be together. We're in a very divisive time in this country. I don't care whether you're uh, voting for Trump or not. I'm going to walk right next to you, as we, uh, as we walk L.A. to San Diego this fall, and after five years, we're going to walk cross-country from the Pacific to the Atlantic, and we're going to get literally a million people to walk with us. We're going to turn this nation into a nation of <clears throat> walkers. We've become a sedentary society, and that's affected. That's affected obesity. It's affected depression. It's affected us in a lot of ways. We're going to get up and move. So that's our new big deal is ever walk.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, here we are. You're right. I mean, the whole idea of sitting around. And I just want to say this. This is important to me for a lot of reasons. I shared personally with you, you know, but my sister died on a hospital floor, Diana, at 450 pounds. And I think it's one of the most painful things I've ever watched and felt completely hopeless about it. What you're doing is you're giving people an invitation to take their lives back. That's really what I'm hearing. I would so love to be involved with this.
1: Um but come, most well, importantly, now you have to you have to tell me. I just can't um, I, I just can't let it go. Why were you in such a debilitated state by two thousand eight?
2: Um, in 2004, as you talked about, um, I had launched my dream, which was this radio show. I dialed the wrong phone number. I didn't hang up and bought my first hour of airtime. I didn't know why, but by 2004, I started to doubt myself and I came down with a mystery disease and I'll tell you what it is. The mystery disease that nobody was talking about was chronic Lyme's disease, but I happened to live in the state of Washington that has the best natural practitioners on the planet. So Dr. Nusheen Darvish saved my life and literally saved me from having to li- walk. It, I, I really was. It was 100 pounds heavier. I was on very heavy medication because nobody knew what it was. And I was looking at a wheelchair. I basically, in my closet today, Diana, I have the cane that was given to me to walk around with. It was so bad, I couldn't use my hands. And I had locked myself in a bathroom without my cell phone. And I could not open up the doorknobs. So yeah, now I'm an advocate for Lyme disease. I have a network called Lyme Global, and by the way, uh, we did the first show on Lyme. So for me, that's really what it was. Uh, but what did you say in your book? I was unprepared for the unexpected.
1: Uh-huh. I was
2: unprepared. But I'm like you. I got prepared. <laughs> I got prepared. And I I wish I could talk about my friends who did not make it. Many of them are gone. So when I was looking at that wheelchair, that was pretty much the only uh, offering that folks had. Um, But for, for us today, for you and I, we get to bring an invitation out to the world and ask people if they're willing to share their story like you are, as well as invite all of us to do something, to help each other get off the couch. We are on the couch, Diana. We're on the couch big
1: time. Yeah, we are. And, you know, something you said really struck me. We were talking earlier in your program about traveling the world and finding all kinds of people with courage and with ethics and, and you know, and, and the will, you know, to do right and do good and to rise above. So, you know, look at you. I think that it's an example. A lot of people point to the... um sexual abuse that I went through as a kid. And I don't bring that up because I'm some victim or I feel sorry for myself by any means. Um, I'm part of an epidemic. I'm only one of millions and millions of young kids who go through uh, rapes and molestations. What do we uh, have? The figures now Or one in every four girls, one in every six boys is molested or raped by the time yep. they're 18 by someone they know, someone who's in charge of trying to build their supposedly self esteem all that it makes me so damn mad i i can barely talk about it um, I know, not me for too. myself but but for other people right um yep. but but the point the point of it is people say to me well you know don't you figure that going through that experience made you this tough person you are today and i say no i refuse to give any sort of credence to that creep who, who violated me and, and terrified me and humiliated me what I think is that I, like most people, was born with a strength to overcome. Like you, you didn't yeah. find that strength when you came upon, you know, the, the really tough moments of two thousand eight. You're either going in the wheelchair or you're not. You had that spirit. You were ready to fight the unexpected, you know, even though you never pictured you're gonna be in that position. So and I and I do think most people have it if they're just if they're just willing. To, to to tap into that resolve when the tough stuff comes. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, you know, this is why you and I are talking today, because we are, we are literally pulled forward. And I love this last point. And by the way, we are talking about it. It's never, ever. You didn't just say never give up. You said never, ever give up. Never, ever give up. That's probably for me... Um, As you talked about before, I too uh, have an early childhood experience like you just described. Uh, Mine was at Catholic boarding school. I too have that experience. And no, I agree with you completely. I'm not going to, I would never, never give energy uh, to abuse at any point in time as some kind of rationalization for how I am in the world. But what I would love to talk about with you is the message we can share today with people that goes beyond hope. And it's this idea of never, ever give up. That is so who you are today as well, isn't it?
1: Well, it is. I mean, you know, I think that the, the point is, like, when you say to me, are, are you going to do another, you know, big, epic <laughs> swim? Uh, I say no, but I'll tell you, no matter what I do, I will not give up on it. So. Yep. You know, I think that was the lesson for me to learn, and that was the lesson that it seemed other people extrapolated from that story. You know, I often think that if you, if you and I were go to hear a lecture tonight, let's say we, um, we wanted to go hear Yo-Yo Ma speak about his life. Yeah. So let's say we know, I can't speak for you, but let's just say that we don't know too much about the cello or about, you know, classical music, but we listen to this person's life, and his life is filled. The story is filled with the vocabulary of the cello and the, you know, the eccentricities of a stringed instrument and being a genius, a boy musician genius at the age of three. Well, you know, we're not just off in some weird world of his. We are now extrapolating the things he's learned, the life lessons, the the mantras, the ethics, the, uh, you know, the, the, the beliefs that he has. As a musician, so we listen to that vocabulary. And mine, my story reads like an athlete's story. It's it's filled with extreme adventure and the eccentricities of the ocean. But the truth is, when I walked up on that beach in Key West, those people were weeping. Pat, they weren't crying. They were weeping. And it wasn't because they saw some record broken. They could care less. They weren't swimming fans. They weren't even sports fans. They were human beings who want to believe that if they don't give up on whatever it is that's important to them, that they will eventually reach that other shore of theirs.
2: Wow. Well, you know, this is really for for those of us listening today, the many people, and and Diana, folks have heard me talk about this. You know, I know, uh, because we've been through it here on the show, what these past 10 years have been like. There are many, many examples of our listeners today that are tuning into the show, folks that have called in, uh, folks that we've gotten to know that have shared their stories. And what I love about this is that they also uh, share their lives of never being willing to give up. And so what what the message today, too, is, and, and I'm so grateful for you, Diane, I'm so grateful for what you're doing in the world, is whether or not you can have a radio show or, you know, do the 111 swim. Don't you think each of us has that brilliance inside of us to create well, we positive change there, in the life there, they want?
1: We, we do. And, they, you know, the, the, the tragedy of the overburdened world at the moment is that we are now 7 billion people on the planet. <laughs> Overpopulation was always going to be the issue, no matter if we talk about you know, the hole in the ozone layer, you know, or or a green planet disappearing before our very eyes. Terrorism, it all comes down and points toward overpopulation. We've known this for, for 60 years now. But here we are, and half, roughly half, three and a half billion people don't have enough. They don't have enough water and food and safety to make it through each day. The rest of us us, $3.5 we could go from, you know, the billionaires of Bill Gates down to somebody living at, at a very modest rate. But the rest of us, $3.5 we have choices. We're lucky. And I'm luckier than most. I've had a lot of joy and a lot of privilege in my life and a lot of choices. But I guess the crime is, I don't have too many judgments against too many people, but the crime is if you really just sit around with your eyes half open and... You don't pay attention to this beautiful planet. You don't look into the eyes of the people who love you and you just let it glide by. To me, that's, that's a crime against your own humanity. Wow.
2: You know, I don't want to thank you for today. I know we've talked about many things. I, I know we've got a few minutes left. Um, how can people find out more about how to get involved in the walk that you talked about and share that would you mind providing us with some information about that as well
1: no i love it we've just we just started a couple of weeks ago taking registration so it's a it's a simple website Everwalk e v e r w a l k everwalk.com just uh browse around you know your listeners just come on join us and as i said you don't have to be intimidated you don't have to walk the whole 145 miles LA to San Diego, if we're coming to your neck of the woods at some point, you can also walk virtually. You can be in Dublin, Ireland, or Sydney, Australia, or Bangor, Maine, or Fairbanks, Alaska. You can't come. You use your little tracking device. You go out and walk five miles the very day we're walking five miles. You log on our website and tell us that you joined us, and you're an ever walker, and we'll send you your, you know, your little packet that you became a, a, a a real Everwalker, even though you're virtual. And um, we're just going to get everybody happy and healthy and walking. We're going to we're gonna try to reverse the ill health of America, the, the egregious numbers of diabetes and heart disease and obesity. In five years, it's taken us since World War II to get here. We're going to try to reverse most of it in five years. I love this.
2: And for those of you out there, please go to the website, everwalk.com. And when you get there, there are ways for those of you out there saying, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, you can volunteer. You can help out. You can do so many things to support this. Uh, Diana, thank you for today. Uh, I want to do this, ask you one last question. And for Benny, I'd like to give a copy of the book away, 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819 one 800 um, I wanted to ask you this last question, if I could. Um, what is your personal message, Diana? Thank you for today. Uh, what is your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today?
1: You know, I don't know about you, but I love the word engage. You yeah, know, it's, I it's love it. used in the military. Like, that's the moment. So when, the, when the big moment comes that so we got to move in, with with the guns and whatnot, the word is engaged. But to me, in a non-military sense, it is like embrace your life, embrace yourself, embrace all that you have. As I said, you know, with the Christopher Reeve model before, don't lie around crying over what you don't have. All of us wish we had more. All of us wish we could do more. Uh, but when you when you you know you're, you're such a positive person, Pat, and you're spreading that that mentality of positivity. You know, I think that engage is the most positive thing we can do. You know, it, it, as again, it doesn't always lead to making lots of money and being a you know, big, successful person, but I do believe it leads to happiness. They, they show that kids in, um, you know, junior high and high school, the ones who engage, the ones who volunteer for the, uh, the local elderly, you know, retirement home, uh, the ones who go to the local hospitals and do something, the ones who are engaged in their school activities, they do better in school, they wind up at better colleges, they wind up with better careers than the ones who are disengaged. And just don't go out and, and reach out, talk to people, find out what they need, help them out. So um, I'm, I'm all about engagement. I think it's a, it's a very powerful, you know, moment of spirit to engage. I love the word.
2: And, you know, thank you so much, Diana, for engaging all of us in the many ways you do today and have in the past. And I am so looking forward to being in that space with you and getting a ton of people engaged in EverWalk. Thank you so much for today. I know you're quite busy. I know you've got a lot of interviews, but I want to say to everybody out there, this is the book, Find a Way. Go ahead, go get that. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We're going to take a shorty. We'll be right back.